Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host, for another great episode of Political Theater. It is I, Charles Nash, here with you on the Dark Night Mic here in my studios in Marion, Ohio. I want to welcome everyone to today's show. <clears throat> I have to go ahead here. <clears throat> and excuse me, I'm with the weather changing, I've been losing my voice here a little bit, so you'll just have to work with me this evening. But I want to apologize to everybody. I'm I'm coming in late this week for the end of the week wrap up. Um we had an issue here on Sunday. Uh, I had some family health issues going on and uh, some emergencies going on here at the house. Um, we, we had a dog, a neighbor's dog got into our yard. And if you don't know this, we, we have a rabbit farm here. And I've, I've got many rabbits that we've had over the years here and some young juvenile rabbits as well that we've, we've been raising for 4-H, my children have. Well, anyway, a, a, a neighbor, their dog got into our yard, uh, caused some damage and, and killed three of our, our rabbits, one of them uh, being our beloved Tucker. Um, my, it's my daughter, Lillian, her rabbit. Uh, we've had him for over two years, and uh, uh, we tried to save him. We took him down to uh, Hamilton um, Medvet down in Columbus, Ohio, and he ended up passing about a minute before we actually pulled in the parking lot. When we got there, we rushed him in. Uh, their staff was kind and courteous. They, they rushed him back. They did CPR on him. Uh, they tried to bring him back, but it was to no avail. <clears throat> he had passed away, and they believe he went into cardiac arrest, and they, they just couldn't revive him. The other two was uh, a male and a female. They were, out of his five offspring, um, the dog killed them immediately, uh, couldn't revive them. It, it was just, to, to make a long story short, uh, it was just a very bad Sunday afternoon, evening, uh, my daughters came home and uh, discovered all of this, and it, it was just a very bad Sunday going into Monday for President's Day. I was having to make grave markers, and it, to, again, it, a very bad day. I, I postponed everything with the show, so... I'm getting back on the air here today uh, to do the end of the week wrap up, which I should have did Sunday, but on on the seventeenth. But today we are going to be doing it on Wednesday, February the twenty second. Here, so again, I apologize to all of my listeners who tune in, who was wondering what was going on. Uh, again, had an emergency here. We also had some family issues going on with individuals being sick, and uh, I, I, I just had to postpone the show. So my apologies, but I am here today. We're going to get right into the show. I have a lot of news to cover, and I mean a lot. And the very first one that I want to get into, everybody knows who Joe Biden's Secretary of Transportation is. If you don't know, 
That would be Pete Buttigieg. He is the, uh, he, he was a mayor, ran for president, uh, failed miserably, um, got a lot of publicity and attention because he's openly gay. And he's a politician who's openly gay. And it just, everybody just loved and fell in love with Pete Buttigieg because he's openly gay and they think he's a great guy and has all these answers. When, frankly, since he has stepped into the role of transportation secretary under Joe Biden's administration, he has failed on every level. This is an individual who consistently goes on touting the Green New Garbage deal. But yet he'll take and fly a cruise airliner or a personal jet to 50 different places, knowing the amount of carbon emissions that come out of it. But that's perfectly okay. So he supports, again... This Green New Deal garbage deal, this whole issue with global warming and climate change and we're killing the planet. I'm not killing the planet even though I'm contributing to it, but you are. And so therefore, I have to push this crazed, stupid, non-scientific, nothing-supported idea on everybody else. Well, if you haven't heard, there was here... About two and a half weeks ago, there was a derailment, a train derailment here in Palestine, Ohio. And in this derailment, there was toxic chemicals that they had to release from this train because it was exploding. Well... Releasing all of this into the ground, it's now in the water, it's now in the sky, it's caused damage, there's people with lawsuits now because of health concerns, it's been a real big mess. Pete Buttigieg was asked to come down to a town meeting there in Palestine, Ohio. And he was supposed to show up, this was last week, didn't. Didn't show up at all. Now, he has done many interviews with certain networks, but I, I had to talk about certain aspects of his different interviews. He has completely folded on himself. And what I mean by that is he is counterdicting himself and trying to avoid the subject matter any way he can. Because like I said, he's with the Green New Deal agenda. He doesn't follow the rules. But it tells everybody how, well, you know, the Biden administration, the administration he works for, they're all for environmentally going green, down with carbon emissions, save the planet. We got to do away with all these toxic chemicals and wastes and pollutants in the air. And they're on top of it. Well, he got tested with this Ohio derailment. Would you like to know when faced with a problem? Instead of going at it head-on, would you like to know what Pete Buttigieg has done? Well, Pete Buttigieg is blaming former president, number 45, Donald Trump. I'm not making this up. 
I want to read this article here. This was from Fox News. This came out on the 15th. I've saved this. Title of it, Pete Buttigieg blames Trump for Ohio train derailment aimed criticism. We're constrained. That's what he says. We were constrained. I'm going to read this. It says the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, shifted part of the blame for the recent derailment of a train carrying toxic chemicals in Ohio on Trump administration, revising a little-known safety rule. Buttigieg noted that on Tuesday evening that his agency had taken a series of steps to improve rail safety through historic investments. No, he hasn't. But said it was constrained by the Trump administration's actions in 2018. It says here in 2018, the Department of Transportation, the, DO, the DOT, withdraw a rule proposed three years earlier requiring trains to carry certain dangerous chemicals to utilize electronically controlled, which is called an ECP, brakes saying the technology benefits were inconclusive. Look, before I continue on with this article, did anyone catch that there? So this was, this was an earlier uh, rail safety protocol. They have these brakes, these, these ECP brakes. There are these high-pressure technological brakes. I used to work for the railroad. I know what an ECP is. I'm going to go ahead and let everyone shine in on this for a little bit. When I worked for Marion Industrial Center, which was through CSX at the time, this was, hmm, this was, this was probably eight years ago or longer. I worked with them for five years, folks. So I, I was an intermodal inspector. If you don't know what an intermodal inspector is, I inspected rail and freight coming in on semi-trucks and on train. We had to load them, offload them. We had to check everything before they left the rail yard. Semi and train from rail to road. Now, I did this for over five years, so I know a little bit about what I'm talking about here. To make a long story short on this, would you like to know why the Trump administration pulled those safety requirements? The answer was at the end of the article there, because it's, there's truth into this. Compared to a normal break, the ECP break, the technological benefits that they say they got off of these, they said they could stop the, 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 the train faster, potentially saving a derailment. They don't. The data for those benefits are inconclusive. They were no more of a safety prop up than a standard brake on a rail train, folks. There's no difference. There is no technological advantage. So when you have Joe Biden and his administration, when you have Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, blaming and shifting the blame on the Trump administration 
for, re for reversing that safety protocol as a requirement, he's just shifting blame away from their own administration. The Trump administration got rid of that requirement because, again, there was no proof in all of the testing on ECP brakes that proved that there were technological safety benefits off of the braking system. So they pulled it. It was not a requirement. It would be like someone saying, I'm adding a certain piece to a car. And then it's going to give you a certain benefit for safety if you're, if you're in a head-on collision. And they test it, and they test it, and they test it. And it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't give you any better of a chance of survival or um, getting injured than, let's say, a normal safety buckle. So they're not going to enforce it then. This is why they go through rigorous testing on different mechanisms and parts when it comes to road or rail safety. So, in the wake of the East Palestine derailment, which has impacted hundreds of residents, you have Pete Buttigieg who is tweeting and still going on how it's Donald Trump's administration's fault because of ECP breaks. That's what the helped cause the derailment because they couldn't stop in time when the derailment was happening. Look, I'm going to tell you this right now. If a locomotive comes off the rail, even in the slightest degree, if the wheels come off the rail, you're not stopping it. I don't care what brake or safety protocol you have. You're not stopping it. Would you like my two cents on this, listeners, on what really happened? Because I can tell you what happened. This is the reason why I left CSX when I, I worked out there for MIC here in Marion. It's no diff they're no different than Norfolk Southern, who is responsible, the train company who is responsible for this accident. The problem with these two companies is, in the last 10 years, it's not that they have relaxed their safety protocols. Nothing has changed in that. Now, I know people have said, well, there was no hazardous chemical placards on there. Yes, that's, that should be the railroad at fault there for that, because federal and state laws require that. It's just like if you're over the road and you're carrying a hazardous chemical, it has to be placard on your vehicle. It's not only a law, it's an OSHA safety standard. I know this. I know this because, again, folks, I was in this field for 10 years. I, I, I know what the safety protocols are. But to wrap this up on what really happened with this train accident, it's called the rail companies. Norfolk Southern, just like CSX. Over the last 10 years, you have people at the top of the companies 
big CEOs and presidents and vice presidents. They made a executive, uh, an executive decision to downsize the rail company system. They laid off many engineers, workers, railway, rail workers, safety divisional departments, and they downsized everything. Why did they do that? Well, it's easy. Greed. If you go and look up between those two companies, and the reason I'm bringing those two companies up is because they're the two largest companies here in the United States and in Canada. If you look up those two companies, look at what, find out what their profit is for what their president, vice president, and CEOs of the company are making. They gained substantially when they did all of these cutbacks to personnel. They're making multi million dollars. I think I read that Norfolk Southern's presence making over $46 million a year. And it might even be higher than that. And that's what happened. They do not have enough workers to cover everything. And when you don't have enough workers, not just to operate the, the rail systems themselves, you don't have enough workers or engineers for rail maintenance. Safety and design. You don't have anybody checking railways throughout the country to make sure rail lines are safe. Elevation in the ground that supports them is safe. That there's not runoff somewhere. That there's not a piece of metal that's bent out of place. It's going to cause a derailment. <clears throat> and this, this derailment in Palestine, Ohio, is not the only one that's happened here in the last couple of weeks. They're happening all over the country. Now, why is this also a big deal? Well, remember that big, what was it? $1.6 trillion package that the Democratic Party and Joe Biden passed? Remember that? Their big infrastructure bill, Build Back Better. Remember all of this? Wasn't that supposed to go to building a better America, rebuilding our infrastructure, rebuilding our highways, re rebuilding our rail systems, rebuilding our airports, you name it? Well, where'd that money go? Because from what it sounds like to me, we haven't built back better anything. If anything, our railway systems, our roadway systems, and our airlines have gone to hell in a handbasket even more. So I ask the question again, where has all this money gone? Where are all of the key benefits that was promised off of all of these packages that were pushed through the Democratic Party, through Congress, through the House and the Senate? and signed by our beloved dementia president, Joe Biden. What, where is it? I have had people send me videos of trains going down railroad tracks that are so jagged, so wobbly, 
that the train conductors you can see going down these tracks because they know them. They know the routes, the routes because they follow they follow them every day or weekly. They're going about five to ten miles an hour because they don't even know if the train is going to stay on the rail. And it's not shocking, folks. This is what happens when you have negligence and financial greed at the whole front here of, of this whole issue. But again, they're going to try to shift blame on who? The man who gets blamed for everything, Donald Trump. Now, speaking of the, again, the, the Ohio, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the Ohio train derailment. Did anyone see what uh, Rep. Omar, she called out um, Pete Buttigieg for direct action. But this only came after J.D. Vance here in Ohio when he questioned about the drinking water, about the public safety, and how the, <clears throat> excuse me, the EPA, and all of these environmental protection advocates, where are they at? Why aren't they doing anything? Which, by the way, did everybody see here, it was uh, on Monday. Did everybody see what happened after Senator J.D. Vance here, Republican from Ohio? This is, this is what happened on Monday. He issued a, a video challenge to Joe Biden, fellow lawmakers here in Ohio. He, he even went after Governor Mike DeWine here in Ohio. You know who I'm talking about, little Garth. He said, if you guys think this is, if this is safe down here, he goes, I want to show you something. So he took this rod, and <clears throat> he's, down, he's down in this, this creek bed, a couple hundred yards away from where the train accident was. He took this rod, and he, he runs it against the, the, the ground in this, this creek bed with water in it. And you can see the contaminant come up in it. And he goes, if you think it's so, the water is so safe here, and these people are, that live here in Palestine, Ohio, are making this up about their drinking water, their safety, people getting sick, the cloud that's above us, the, the, the birds, the fish, the, the people's livestock that's dying, you come down here and drink the water then. So you had a bunch of members from Congress. You had Mike DeWine down there here yesterday. And they're in this lady's home who said her water's contaminated. And the EPA's going, it's not, it's not dangerous levels. <clears throat> it's, it's not dangerous levels at all. It's drinkable. Well, they're all grinning as they're drinking this water. And they're like, yeah, it's safe. It's safe to drink. You know when they were off camera, I can guarantee somebody went privately and they probably purged themselves of that water. I'm not trying to cause an issue here, folks, but I'm just going to call it for what it is. Every time there's an environmental disaster, what do we hear from the Democrats? What do we hear from all these big-time environmentalists? We've got to do something. You're killing the country. You people in Washington. You people at home, you need to send us money. You need to take this to, to court. We need to stop this. Where are they at? 
We actually have a serious issue here in Ohio of a toxic chemical being released. Where are you people out? We have an actual environmental disaster here. Where are you at? Where are the hands shaking with rage? Where are the cleanup crews? Where is everybody on 60 Minutes throwing their hands up in the air, shaking it at the American public, shaking it at the, the, the Democratic Party, shaking it at Joe Biden, the people in charge who's sitting on their fingers and up their ass doing nothing? Where are you people? An actual environmental disaster is happening, and no one is to be found. And the individuals that are there through the Environmental Protection Agency, with what little tests they're doing, they're throwing their hands up and saying, well, we can only do so much. You can only do so much. That's your freaking job. Is cleanup and containment. This is as bad as the BS going on down at the southern border when you have Joe Biden and all of his cronies going, there, there's no issue at the southern border. As we have sex, tra sex trafficking as an all-time high. Fentanyl drugs killing our country at rates astronomically coming across the southern border. Murder rates sky high coming across the border. Terrorism, coming across the border. God knows what else, and they're going, wait, there's, there's nothing going on down there at the southern border. It's just as bad as with this train derailment. It's, we have an actual environmental problem here, an actually real one, that you can see, taste, and feel. And where is... The Environmental Protection Agency, where is the where is Joe Biden? Where is his administration? Where is all of these green loving individuals who scream we're killing the planet? Where are you? Where are you? They're nowhere to be found and nowhere to be heard. That's where. Now, I have one more article here. It's, this actually happened today on Wednesday, February the 22nd, but I'm, I have to cut here to my first commercial time out. I'm going to get to this audio clip when we come back of Pete Buttigieg. This is him being questioned by a reporter on the street, and I want you to hear his answer. It's very odd. So, Stay tuned. I'll play this when we come right back after break. My friends, how many people here love to fly? Maybe you've been on a vacation where it requires you to get in a big commercial airliner, or, or maybe you live somewhere local where you have an owner-operator and a small piloted plane who, who does personal rides. Well, if you're someone who loves to fly, or maybe you've never flown before, maybe you have some 
some kids or family members you'd like to take up in the air, or maybe you just like to do some sightseeing, maybe see a sunset, take a night fly somewhere here around the Ohio area, uh, maybe locally, maybe a couple miles out. Maybe you're someone who likes to do further rides for longer periods of time. Or again, maybe you're a photographer, you like to do some of those nice aerial pictures. Well, I have a great company for you. It's Sparks Fly. It is here in Mount Gilead, Ohio. It is a veteran owned and operated uh, business here, and it's it's owned by pilot and owner Keith Sparks. And I'm going to tell you, I had my kids go up here about a week ago, and they had a phenomenal time going up in that plane of his. Now he's got many different types of airplane rides available, from a mini tour, your basic tour, good values, better values, all the way up to even night flies. Uh, they go anywhere up from about 20 minutes all the way up to an hour and 30 minute ride. Prices vary on depending on the weather conditions, the time of the year, and where you want to go. But again, great, great company, a great aerial view, and I'm telling you, you will love this if you've never experienced this before. It, it, he is, he's got a great company, hands down. So they even do flight instructions for individuals too. Maybe you want to get your pilot's license. They do that as well. There are several different ways to contact Sparks Fly, and that is one, you can go to their webpage with it, which is www.sparksflyllc.com. You can also call owner Keith Sparks, phone number 419 six zero six one three zero or even drop him a line at keith at sparksflyllc.com the passing of a loved one is never easy especially when it's the closest one to us our family pets. Now, everybody knows I had Blue, my Basset Hound, for 17 years, and he recently here just passed. Blue was on my show here with many of my treasured guests over the years, and I wanted to send him off a special way to, to let him know that I loved him and that we cared for him, but also to remember him for who he was and what he meant to our family. Today, I would like to tell you about the company that I took Blue to. It was Forever Friends Pet Cremation and Memorialization. They, they turn and, and transfer loss, folks, into treasured memories. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about them. If, if you have a dog, a cat, rabbit, maybe a guinea pig, a treasured animal, pet in your home, they are the people to call if you want to have your loved one memorialized in the way that you feel they should be memorialized. They have all different packages from their premium to their private. They do transfers from homes to forever friends to forever friends to your home with your, your, your loved pet's remains. 
and it's very fast, effective. The, the people there are gracious and kind. They are open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They are affordable, but all around a great company. So if you're going through that grieving loss of a beloved pet, please give Forever Friends Pet Cremation and Memorialization a call. They are located at 2420 Advanced Business Center Drive, Columbus, Ohio, zip code 43228, or you can give them a telephone call at 614-683-9804. Looking for some succulent, delicious seafood? I mean the seafood that you will never forget once it hits the taste bud of your mouth. I have a business that is centered in downtown Polaris, Ohio. It's called The Seasoning Crab. Folks, I am telling you, this restaurant has the best seafood that I have ever had in my entire life. Hands down, no joke here. They have appetizers, all sorts of different commodities when it comes to different seafoods, from crab to lobster, shrimp, scampi, all sorts of stuff that you could eat. I mean, clams, delicious, delicious blue crab. I mean, they have it all, folks. If you like butter noodles, they have it. And they have many different sauces, many different packaged flavors. It's hands down the best seafood restaurant that I have been to. There are many ways if you would like to try this seasoning crab, you can call them Phone number 614-987-2055 or you can go down, their address is 8665 Sankus Boulevard, Columbus, Ohio, zip code 43240. And I'm telling you, they have the best seafood hands down. So give them a call or drive down there to their location. You will not regret it. When you are in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560-6807. And put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Charles Nash, from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it, and it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now, they are a fairly new small family business. They are located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all-natural, hand-poured soy wax melts. All-natural, chemical-free face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical-free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand-painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones. And with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer? Pricing is reasonable and affordable. They provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their webpage at www.footprintsandwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, area code 419-569-1222 for further questions. And tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Time. A word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, 
Antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. And maybe that's why my friends at the On The Square Antiques specialize in just that. Antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On The Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, Grand Millennial, Granny Chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience, or shipping options are available. For more information, check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com, or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com or by phone, area code back ladies and gentlemen coming in from our first commercial timeout here again i want to thank everybody for tuning in and today and listening for the end of the week wrap up here for the last part going into february heading into the new month of march here 
So I had left off with talking about the train derailment, all of the issues surrounding it, and the clumsy, superficial excuses coming out of the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Well, I have one here that I want everybody to hear. It's, um, it's Pete Buttigieg. Uh, you had a you had a, a reporter on the street. It, it was for the Daily Caller, and she was asking him what what he was going to do if he was going to show up there, because again, he he has refused to show up here in Ohio to to Palestine, Ohio, where the train derailment happened. He was scheduled to be there. He canceled it. He's made flimsy excuses. People have asked him what he plans on doing, what what he he plans on procedures-wise to help the situation there. And he's lacking with answers, like he always does. You ask him how people are going to afford electric cars. It's, well, they just are. Well, how are you going to help the people here with with this train derailment? What are you going to do to stop train derailments? What safety precautions can we do? What can you and your department do? I don't know. Or he just doesn't have an answer. Or he avoids the question. So I want everyone to listen. Again, this this was on a Twitter. Again, this is the Daily Caller. They, they tried to interview him. I want everyone to hear what his answer is. And then the really creepy answer he he in, in question he asks at the end of the reporter so just listen to the audio here hi how are you Good. jenny here at the daily caller news foundation what do you have to say to the folks in ohio east palestine who are suffering right now well i've referred to about a dozen interviews i've given today and uh if you'd like to Okay, did you did you hear what he asked there at the end? There was a lot of wind because this is at night. She's walking down the street with him. I, I don't know who he's with. I don't know if that's his husband or, or who it was. But she he, he asks her at the end this very weird request. I don't know if you heard it. He asks her, can I take your photo? Now, she doesn't decline. She says yes. That's really weird. Can I take your photo? Now, I know most people are saying, well, well, why is that weird? Why is it? It's odd because can I tell you what's going to happen to this young lady? And I know people are going to say, you're pushing conspiracy theories. I can almost guarantee what's going to happen to this young lady. Are you ready? I'm going to go ahead and call this. 
just this this young reporter for the Daily Caller. Her name is is Jenny Tier. I can tell you what's going to happen. They're going to try to revoke any type of journalistic privileges that she has in the future when it comes to anything with the Democratic Party, anything questioning about this topic, or anything that could possibly be damaging because she dared to ask him a question that he's avoiding because it's already damaging him, his department, the Democratic Party, and Joe Biden's administration. So is that what's going to happen to her? I can very well, 100% and 10% guarantee they're going to try to blacklist her. I would also go as far as to say that they're going to try to do some kind of repercussion against her when it comes to her job. Now, I know most people are saying, again, you can't prove that, and I can't. Why would he ask for her photo? It's identification. I'm telling you, I know how these individuals work. He's one of them. He's going to try to blackball list her. What do you want to bet? I guarantee this. You go to other reporters who have asked key questions, hardball questions, over tough subjects, or when you have instances of very good newsworthy events, and they're rather denied access, or they're denied their their freedom of speech, freedom of press. Or, here's another great example, they are somehow targeted by law enforcement and denied access, or they're blackball listed and being at any of these events or they're escorted off the premises or out of a town, out of an area, I'm, t I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen to this young lady for the Daily Caller. They're going to try to get her number, so to speak, and they're going to blackball her because she dared ask him the question that he is avoiding with the press. And that is, what is he going to do? What is his department going to do? How are they going to fix this? Is he really going to show up? When? Is he going to show up? Why didn't he show up? And it just rubbed him the wrong way. That is why he asked for her identification. Why he asked to take a photo. I'm telling you, that's how these people work, folks. He is no different. Now... I have one more news article here. Since we're on the topic of saving the planet. Green New Deals all around. 
We are the party. We are the Democratic Party. We are the Joe Biden Green Administration. And by God, we're going to protect not only the U.S., but the world. I have one more article. Speaking of environmental problems and disasters. I've got a great article here. You can find it on Fox. You can even find this on The Hill. Are you ready? Title of the article. This was published on the 17th. It says, Going Black, Not Green. Curbing U.S. oil gas production would hurt the environment. Report fines. You did not hear me mess up with what I just said. I want to read this again very slowly. Because I know people is going to be going, what? You heard me correctly. Going black, not green. Curbing U.S. oil gas production would hurt the environment. Report fines. I know everyone's going, how is that possible? I'm going to explain this. It says environmentalists seeking to halt U.S. oil and gas production in the U.S. in the name of curbing for climate change and undermining their own agenda and risk, and they're going to be risking greater damage to the planet, according to a new report. It says the Institute for Energy Research, the IER, released a paper showing that the U.S is the most environmentally friendly major energy producer and that it's arguing, like, like they're saying like it or not here, because petroleum products are here to stay, limiting U.S. production would have a devastating effect on the environment. I know most people are saying, how? How is this possible? I'm going to get to that. It says the report comes as Alaska Republicans and Native leaders are urging the Biden administration, which has committed to a complete transition away from fossil fuels, not to kill a major oil project in their state. This is a major hurdle for the administration, according to the IER, is that global efforts to curb oil and gas production haven't lessened around the world's reliance on fossil fuel energies. It says here, petroleum products are entrenched in modern society and to such a degree that if fossil fuels and monetary use is curbed, it's all but basically inseparable that you're not going to be able to curb all of this. It says nearly every facet of modern development economics requires petroleum products and natural gas to function and provide the comfortable lifestyles that citizens of developed countries have come to expect. This is what the report states, and they're right. It says these resources are necessary for agriculture, heavy or industrial, transportation by all modes, road, rail, air, or ship, and a greater number of products that we all take for granted. 
and they're ingrained in almost everything. That's a true statement. It says, as a result, the report continues here. It says, efforts to reduce or eliminate oil and gas production in developed countries would simply shift production to other countries in order to meet global demands that's not going away. In other words, if the U.S., the world's largest producer in both oil and natural gases, reduced its production significantly, other energy producers such as China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, among others, would likely pick up the slack, thereby not leading to any drop in global fossil fuel use. They also note here that if you were to curb oil and gas production, not just here in the U.S., but let's say in Saudi Arabia or Russia or China, that worst-case scenario is you would have other, other countries who are not developed as we are technologically would start doing their own drilling and oil and gas productions to sell on a global level. Which again, you're looking at an even bigger environmental impact or again, not reducing carbon emissions, chemical spillovers at all. Do you see what the article is getting at here? What this report has found? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward article here. In the end of this article, it says the great irony is that this political movement, which purports to be about protecting the environment, results in oil and natural gas production moving from countries with the highest environmental standards to countries with lower or even functionally zero environmental standards. This is what the IER as argued in this report. Folks, that is precisely on key there. It's on target. They are 110% correct on that. You know, I have said this for a long time about this whole thing with the environment, global warming, this green new garbage deal that's being pushed in Washington and other places around the world. Look at the, the Paris Climate Accord. Nobody is really taking any of this seriously. There is no scientific data that can back up that global warming. And I know there's people screaming, listen to me, at the top of their lungs right now. There is no scientific fact supporting that global warming is a man-made natural occurrence. There are too many factors to disprove it. I have said this multiple times. Here's the greatest one right here that disproves climate change altogether. Are you ready? If you look at the weather patterns now, you look at the temperature patterns as they currently are. 
seasonally, year to year, and you go back 400 years, have they changed? The answer, no. The other answer to that is, they could not accurately tell you if it has or not, because they have no way of showing data to support that, that notion that between 400 years till present, climate change by, created by man, that there's proof behind it. They don't have that data. What they do is they go into a computer and they put these simulations in. It's kind of like the simulation that they do, oh, I don't know, when you had someone over in Europe go, oh, here's this COVID virus. Well, I'm going to put what it does on a global scale here into this computer that simulates what it could do to the, U to the world population if it gets out. Oh, we have a pandemic. Time for everybody to panic. Let's shut everything down. We're all dead. I think everybody is still here. See how that works? Or the fact is I've told people about climate change in general. You have to take into effect the sun. And if you were to talk to anyone at NASA or anybody that studies the effects on our planet globally from the sun, they're going to tell you solar flares, the effects from the sun itself when it has open cavities and these giant radiated flares happen. They're not measurable scientifically to what that does to the planet, our environment, and to the climate. They're two of a rare of an occurrence. And when they do happen, it, it's, it's a, on a global scale that's not measurable. So how can you sit there and say, from a shadow of a doubt, if you're one of these Green New Deal activists, that climate change is a man-made effect? You can't. That is the simplest answer. I would love to hear people chime in on this. I always do. Because I get these wackos that email me saying, you're wrong, you're wrong. Look it up. I want you to go look it up. They are taking a guess on what is going on with our planet when things change, rather a weather pattern, temperatures for a year. Ocean, sea levels rising or falling, ice somewhere melting. I mean, if you go back again, folks, 40 years ago, they said we were going to be in another ice age. Now it's we're going to be underwater. None of them have ever been correct. It's as bad as every year with them damn doomsday sayers saying, this is the year, this is the year, and this is the date, we're all going to die. Well, I don't know about anybody else. The sun falls and the sun comes up and we're here to start a new day. And I don't see the world has ended. So there you have it. I, I wanted to, to, again, read that article so that you could hear it. Again, if you would like to read it, you can find it 
On Fox, you can find it on the Hill. Title of the article is Going Black, Not Green. Curbing U.S. Oil and Gas Production Would Hurt the Environment Reports Find. Now, moving away from derailments, natural disasters, green new garbage deals, I have other things to talk about here that has been dominating the headlines. And that is, has anyone seen this? This was on the Hill. This was also on Politico. If you haven't heard, there are some new contenders for the 2024 Republican presidential run. It is not just Donald Trump. You had Senator Nikki Haley now, who has thrown her hat into the presidential 2024 run. And I'm going to tell you, since she has thrown her hat into the ring, the drive-by left media has lost their minds. They don't know how to attack this woman. They don't know what to say. You have people like Don Lemon going on on CNN about sexist remarks. You have people like Joe Behar on The View going on about how she's 54 years old and and she ain't no new generation, and what the hell is she talking about? She just needs to shut her yap and step down. She's she's some old replica over, over the hill dinosaur. I mean, just the hate and the confusion coming out of the drive-by left media, I have been left laughing because they don't know how to take it. You have a female who's a Republican and a conservative, and she's running. And they just lost their freaking minds. Well, I've got this article here. It's actually pretty interesting. It says, Ranking the GOP's Top 10 Presidential Candidates for 2024. And they've got a really, a really good list. And as they, they talk about, again, former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, who again, Earlier this week, she became the second major Republican candidate to announce her run for the 2024 presidency. And she's, she's now joining former President Donald Trump. And, and I'm sure this field is going to grow. But here is the top 10 that they have, that you have the Hill and Politico saying is the top 10 GOP candidates. And there may likely be more. But here's their top picks. Their number one pick is former President Donald Trump. We already knew that. He's already thrown his hat in the ring several months ago. He's alluded at it since the, 20, um, the 2020 you know, presidential debacle. I mean, look, we, we knew he was going to run again, folks. We knew this. Here's their number two, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And did you see, did you see what, what Sarah Palin of Alaska said? She warned Ron DeSantis today 
to keep his nose out of the presidential race, that he'll have his moment. But it would be wise for him not to run. Now, a lot of people look at took that as a, a fight within the GOP that's brewing behind the scenes, and that may very well be. Do I agree with what she said? Yes and no. No, because I think if Ron DeSantis wants to run, I think he should run. Uh, I think anybody should have the, the, the power and the freedom to run. Anybody. You don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat. I think anybody should have the freedom to run. If you think you're a good con candidate and a good leader, why not? On the other hand, I can see how her comment makes sense and should stick and why she's directing it at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis has fundamentally changed Florida. He has fundamentally reshaped the Republican Party. He has fundamentally changed the views on how to approach problems and procedures. And he's a great governor and a great leader. Losing him as the governor of Florida would leave a very big gaping hole that I don't know if the Republicans could still hold. I believe they could, but again, you'd have to find somebody to replace him. And that's not going to be a very easy um, task to, to perform. So I see the pros and cons from Sarah Palin's comments. Now, number three on their list, again, former United Nations ambassador Nikki Haley. She has now officially thrown her hat in. So that's a no-brainer. At number four, they have Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Now, he is a de facto runner-up to um, Trump. This was back in 2016 and would clearly be a major candidate if he sought another nomination again. I agree with that. At number five, you have Senator Tim Scott. Now, Scott is one of the most intriguing potential um, candidates for the GOP, especially for the presidential run in 2024. Um, he's low-key, and his demeanor is, is, you know, he's got a very good demeanor. He's got a very good... Um, leadership quality to him, and he has a very good chance if he decides to run for 2024. Number six on the list, they have Virginia Governor Glenn Young, uh, Youngkin. At number seven, they have Governor George Abbott of Texas. Again, I think that would be a very large hole to fill if he was going to decide to run there for Texas. Number eight, this one for me is a far-fetched one. I, I don't see this happening. I don't see this happening on many levels. One, because of the debacle with, with Mike Pence. That's who they have here at, at number eight is former Vice President Mike Pence. With the whole debacle with the secret documents and things at his home, I just... And again, I just don't think he's going to run anyway. I just don't think he's going to do it. Maybe if Donald Trump was not running, maybe. I, but I just don't see it. 
Number nine, they have number nine, they have former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And at number 10, South Dakota Governor Christy Norn. So there you have it. That is the Hill and Politico's ranking of the GOP's top 10 presidential candidates, with two of them, Trump and Nikki Haley, already claiming and pledging that they are running for presidential 2024 for the GOP. Now, folks, I am 29 minutes here into the second half of the show. I have to take my last commercial timeout. Stay tuned. I have more news when we come back. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage. They will ship it to your house directly. They've got several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet tooth. But there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies and amazing cupcakes from garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one in a lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa 
Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918. Or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm gonna be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkles Cookies and Cakeries, folks. Need an outside cleaning? Better call ProSelect! House siding, brick or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect! Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect! How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect! ProSelect Exterior Cleaning and Services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelect LLC or Facebook. Email them at proselect.es at gmail.com for more information. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly, and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house. And they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and Land Clearing Operations. A family-owned and operated business, Neidhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation, and they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751-5654 or visit their website at www.nideheartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to Info at NineHeartStumpRemoval.com. My friends, how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repair? Well, I have a great company here. It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well, KB, the gravel guy, can take care of that for you. Now, I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the gravel guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 419 564 7231 or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB the Gravel Guy for all of your gravel 
means. And we're back here to the last part of the show, folks. I, I've got some um, really interesting news here. As I was going down the top 10 GOP presidential 2024 candidates, there was an article that just popped up here on my news feed. And it's about Joe, uh, Democratic um, Senator Joe Manchin. You know, how he had been speculating that he was going to run for the 2024 presidential run, rather as a Democrat, Republican, or Independent. Well, it's now come out. He, uh, he has decided to move against that, as he has said he is going to try to figure out what his political future, if any, is going to be. So Joe Manchin is not going to run for the 2024 presidential race. So there you have it. I, I just had to share that. I just seen that pop up. And you know me, I have to share these things. I found that quite interesting. Speaking of congressmen or newly elected congressmen for their states, I have a great article here. It is from The Hill. You can also find it on Newsmax as well. It is under their Senate news write-ups. Headline here, Fetterman hospitalized for treatment of clinical depression. Now, everybody knows that now elected Senator John Fetterman, Democrat of the great state of Pennsylvania, we know as he had that big matchup in the Pennsylvania state, which he did win. I, I can't disagree. He did win. The people of Pennsylvania, I, I don't know why, they voted, they voted a cripple in, which there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not attacking him, so I don't want people to go, you can't say that. He is not so much crippled in the aspect of physically being crippled. He does have some issues because of a stroke that he had. Nothing against him. You can run. You can be a, a public official if you've had a stroke or a health issue. But when you have mental hiccups, when it comes to communicating verbally, non-verbally, when you have mental health problems because of your medical conditions that causes you not to be able to do your job that you were elected for effectively, that's what I'm getting at when I say he is crippled. He is crippled in the sense that he is not able to do his job and even compensating even compensating with techniques to, to try 
to work through his disabilities fails, you have a problem. That is what I'm getting at. Well, I have this article here. It says that John Fetterman, again, Senator of, of Pennsylvania, checked into the hospital. This was on Wednesday night. Uh, to be treated for clinical depression. This is what his office announced on Thursday. It says, last night, Senator John Fetterman checked himself into a Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to receive treatment for clinical depression. It says, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks. Fetterman staff Abram uh, Jenelson. This is what they said in a statement to the press. Now, they didn't go into a real amount of details about Fetterman. But doctors at Walter Reed told, told staff for John Fetterman that John is getting care and the care he needs and will soon be back hopefully, to himself. Betterman's family also really did not comment on the issue. His staff there in Pennsylvania has really not really clarified on his issues. But it is from my understanding that since he has been in office, folks, there is nothing getting done in the state of Pennsylvania. It's all been low-key and on hold. Was this really a big surprise? I, I'm, I'm asking my listeners this. If you're someone who's tuning in and you're in, in Pennsylvania, was this really a surprise on what was going to happen? I mean, I, I, I get when, you know... An individual is voted in, and they don't really do their job effectively. Maybe, maybe you have uh, different seats in your states that are divided between Republicans and Senate. Uh, excuse me, Republicans and, and Democrats, and it evens out the the power struggle there for for the governor or certain senators, but. You guys enlisted a lot and elected a lot of power into John Fetterman, and it's not going to pay out. If I had to make an educated guess here, folks, I can tell you what's going to happen. Mr. Fetterman is not going to be able to do his job effectively, and I would imagine you're going to be seeing here in the next couple months, that's what I give it, you're going to have to see this man step down in an a sign of resignation or he's going to be recalled and forced out because nothing's going to get done because he's not going to be able to effectively commission and do his job. And that is not me knocking the man. That is me stating a fact. So I don't know what the people there in Pennsylvania was really trying to pull over when they elected him in, but I, I think you kind of, um, 
shot yourselves in the foot, so to speak. Um, that's, that's really all I'm going to say about this article. It's sad in itself. I really do hope that John Fetterman gets the treatment that he really needs. I hope he recovers. But with the long list of medical, physical disabilities and mental disabilities and, and blocks, roadblocks ahead of him, I, I don't know how he's going to effectively be a governor there in Pennsylvania. I don't, I don't know how you're going to do that. If you cannot take the stress of your own life on the weight of your shoulders, how, do you, how can you effectively take the weight of your state on your shoulders? And all of your constituents. Does everyone see the point there that I'm making? I, I, I think you're just you're, you're beating a dead horse here with this subject. So there you have it. Then I want to get to this news article here. It's on Newsmax. And it's a really interesting article. Now, everybody knows that Republican candidate Jim Jordan here of Ohio, my home state of Ohio, he is investigating the DOJ. He's investigating the FBI. He's investigating all of the, the targeting going on within Washington, with conservatives, with religious groups, targeting of former President Donald Trump, targeting of members in Congress. He's even looking into the targeting of parents at school board meetings. The list goes on and on and on with the corruption piling over. Well, if you haven't heard this, the FBI was targeting certain demographic groups in the Catholic Church. This revelation came out here last month, mid-January. So Jim Jordan, he wants answers on the FBI memos targeting Catholics now. He's looking into that. I'm going to read this article here. It says, House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan... Republican of Ohio, is demanding the FBI turn over information regarding a since-receded agency memo that targeted some Catholics as violent extremists due to their religious beliefs. It says the demand came in a letter sent on Thursday to the FBI Director Christopher Wray. Says here, it says the Committee on the Judiciary is continuing to examine the Federal Bureau of Investigation's handling of domestic violence extremism, or the DVE investigations, Jordan and Jordan's colleagues wrote. It says, over the last year, we have written you several times about the startling allegations that the FBI is misusing the DVI resources for apparent political purposes. Since these letters, new information has become public about the FBI's targeting of set Catholic groups in America for their religious beliefs. 
You therefore write to request additional information about the serious misuse of federal law enforcement resources. It says on January the 23rd, 2023, this is FBI's Richard Field published a official document that leaked racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists with a radical tr uh, transitionalist Catholic ideology. It says to be targeted. It says in the document, the FBI proposed to distinguish what is called traditional Catholics from disfavored RTC advocates who the FBI characterized as embracing anti-Semitic, anti-migrant, anti-LBGT, and anti-white supremacy ideologies. So the FBI even identified certain public policy issues, such as immigration and life issues, that it believed would basically catalyze the RTC individuals. It says, in addition to the attempts to separate and categorize Catholic Americans based on theological differences and distances, the FBI underscored the political nature of its actions. It says, FBI Richmond assesses that the RMVE interest in the RTCs is likely to increase over the next 12 to 24 months in the run-up to the next general election cycle. So there you have it. Jim Jordan is investigating the targeting now of Catholic groups, which basically, folks, it comes down to, again, you have the overpowering factor of the DOJ and the FBI infringing on people's religious rights and religious freedoms is what this boils down to. If you would like to read this article, it, it was on Newsmax. It still is. Um, again, this came out the 16th of February here a couple days ago. Title of it is Rep. Jim Jordan wants answers on FBI memo targeting Catholics. Now, I have one more news article that I've been holding on to here for the end of the show. I kept this. I kept this because a week prior, I was talking about this very same subject that was dominating, dominating headlines for two and a half weeks. You're going to take a guess, I can give it to you. It has to do with aerial phenomenon and unidentified flying objects, which I believe, and I'm, I'm not talking about spy balloons. I don't want to get into spy brigade here. I'm not talking about China, Iran, Russia, a science project that we shot a, a, a half a million dollar missile at. I'm not talking about that. I'm going to talk about real, unidentified flying objects, UFOs. 
I know a lot of people are laughing as I bring this subject up. I think this is a very serious, serious topic that has been underscored since Donald Trump took office and is still being underscored to this very moment today. You know, during COVID, folks, we had one of the biggest news stories for all mankind hit. And every news publisher, every news network covered it for about two minutes, dropped it, and it faded away. I was the only one to talk about this in length, and still am. And now that it's resurfaced again, I'm continuing to talk about it. Why? Because I genuinely feel this is the biggest news story of the century. Potentially ever. Why? Well, during COVID, folks, what did what did NASA, what did what did the federal government, the US defense, what did they come out and say? What was the video that they showed everybody? UFOs are real. We don't know what they are. We can't stop them. Not only are they flying unidentified flying objects, we also have video showing of unidentified objects that are submerged in our oceans or coming out of the oceans. We, they, they showed videos of fighter jets taking after these things. And these, these objects wipe the floor with what we have technology-wise when it comes to speed, aerial maneuverability, underwater maneuverability. You name it. We don't compare. Nobody does. There isn't a single country that compares to this technology that is being displayed and was displayed to the American public live on TV. This was during COVID two years ago. And it's still being on display today with all of the issues with the spy balloons, the lack of national security in our skies. So why am I bringing this up? Well, you have lawmakers who are demanding, demanding that Biden address national security on UFO incursions. This, this is actual headline news, folks. I want to read you just a little bit of this article here. It says, frustration on Capitol Hill is mounting after a string of aerial objects was shot down over the U.S. and Canadian airspace in the last few days and weeks, raising a long list of questions that lawmakers say President Biden should publicly address. It says, three unidentified flying objects, UFOs, been shot down over North America since Friday, and the Pentagon has provided little information on what the objects were or 
where they came from. I'm not going to continue into this article. It breaks down who is who is really focusing and pressing this issue. One of their, one of them is uh, Senator Tim Cotton, Republican of Arkansas. You have Marco Rubio of Florida. You have people that's in NORAD. That's that's been there for over 65 years and and commanding positions, wanting answers. You have Democrats who are coming out and saying they would like to have some answers. So this isn't just one party line. This is all over the place. That's being directed at Joe Biden's administration to come forward with what they know. Or in this case, I guess what they don't know. Now, why is this a really interesting, probably, like I said, the most important discovery and and revelation to come out in this century? Well, I'm not saying it has to do with little green men. What I'm saying is somebody or something is piloting these objects. They've probably been here for quite some time. So wouldn't you think we should start getting down to the bottom of what these objects are, becoming more transparent with the public, start working on maybe having a system or systematic system that everybody can participate in and report on, do their research on, to try to figure out exactly what this is? I would think so. I mean, isn't Joe Biden and his administration supposed to be transparent, open to the public? Well, so far, it's been nothing but a stone wall with this topic. But if you go back, folks, if you go back all the way, I, I know I'm looking at historical documents here. If you go all the way back to Roswell, New Mexico, with the supposed crash that happened there, the events that happened there, the documentation, the federal government lying, the cover-ups, the documents that have come out. And you can thank that really all to the Freedom of Information Act and the, and the many individuals who have fought for over 40 plus years to try to get this information that has been deleted from the American public out so that's where everyone can see it. You know, this is a really big, serious story, and I just don't think it's getting enough news coverage. The way it should be. I mean, when they broke that back in 2020 during COVID, I thought, oh my word, this is the biggest story ever. Where everyone's stuck at home and, and they just came out and said, UFOs exist. We don't know how what they are, how to stop them, who's piloted them. This could be a national security risk. And then boom, the two minutes was up and not a word. I couldn't believe it. So this is something that everybody should be getting involved in, not just because of 
the spy balloon from China, the national security threat or lack thereof of our, our, our national air security. This should be a topic that everybody should be looking into because this is a serious matter. This could be a life, global changing event if, if we actually figure out what this is. I mean, this is, th this is your, your, your poet surprise winning story right here for the 21st century. And not a damn person is hardly even wanting to cover this. I, I am amazed. For years, the American public and everyone has been bleeding for answers to this question. That's been a cover-up, a conspiracy. There's more going on, and we finally get told, and then it's like, it, it doesn't matter. So I, I just feel that this is a story that's being overlooked and really does need to be looked at. And I think people all over this country and even around the world, you should start asking questions. You should start looking up at the sky. You should start asking people that are in charge in Washington for answers. Because I know somebody knows. Or they know a little bit more than what they're leading on. But I just wanted to wrap up today's show with that article. Again, I, I think this is a, a big turn-of-the-century story that has, has been overlooked and is still being overlooked. And I think it, it, it deserves more attention and to be looked into at a serious level. Well, that is tonight's show. Again, I want to apologize for not, not being on Sunday with, with the emergencies and all hell breaking loose here. It, it, it is, it, folks, it's not hard. It, 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 it's, it's hard to, when you lose family pets, when you've got emergencies going on, you're, you're trying to handle all of these things, especially if you've got kids. And when one issue hits, it just seems like two more pile on. And when it rains, it pours. And it, it was pouring on my house there on Sunday. I, I just, there was no way this show was going to happen Sunday. So again, I want to apologize for the late show here. I would like to thank all of my Think Local First companies again. Uh, I couldn't do this show without you. Same thing with all of my sponsors. I'd like to thank iHeartRadio. I would like to thank Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, um, you name it, uh, Radio Republic. I, I have so many of them. I would like to thank all of my my sponsors who, who support my show and tune out, or, or should, I should say throw out my, my show so that you can hear and a majority of them are free for you to hear so i i am really thankful for that um again i would like to thank all of my think local first businesses as well again and all of my listeners who tune in daily weekly um continue to come back if you're a first time listener continue to come back tell a friend Again, if I can just get information out there to get you to maybe start getting in tune 
with the politics, the everyday hustle and bustle, what's going on, things that you should know, should be paying attention to. I can get you involved and get you to go out there and look and make your own educated guess instead of having a TV tell you what to do. And I've succeeded. I really have. I've succeeded at at least providing you some information that you can go out and make your own educated guess on. Again, if you would like to have free advertisement, again, there are several ways, and I said yes, free advertisement on my show. You can contact me, 740-802-7936, or you can leave me a message at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook page. Uh, it's under Charles Nash. You can see me, <clears throat> my pretty face with the political theater logo. You can't miss it. <clears throat> it looks like something out of an old uh, Ronald Reagan political poster. You cannot miss me. So those are three easy ways if you would like me to advertise for your business for free. So this is going to be another show wrap up here. I will be back, folks, on Sunday, um, the 26th. That is in four days for the end of the week wrap up. So I hope to see and hear all of you on Sunday. So until then, stay safe, and I will see everybody back here on Sunday, the 26th.